it's preparing to stream. Let's see. Oh, it says we're streaming live. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right. Hello, everybody. I have the incredible privilege of having Stephanie here. Um, she is a certified nutritional practitioner who works with women to balance their hormones naturally without having an ablation, doing birth control, or having to have a hysterectomy. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. Um, would you mind sharing just a little bit about who you are and who you work with and what you do? And then we'll just kind of dive right in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, my name is Stephanie Singh. As Andrea mentioned, I am a certified nutritional practitioner. I'm also certified in clinical detoxification, in Dutch hormone testing. Um, and I've also recently incorporated stool testing into my practice, which awesome. is so exciting. Um, and a lot about, I think what we're gonna be talking about today, I'm very in line with what we're talking about today. Um, but ultimately I help women to stop the monthly struggle, the heavy, long, painful periods, the PMS, the PMDD, all of the things that kind of go along with our hormonal fluctuations that I think as a society, we've really started to identify as being normal, yep. which it isn't <laughs> common does not mean normal. Yep. Um, and ultimately helping them to get off that struggle bus without hormonal birth control, without ablations, without a hysterectomy, because that's frankly, what was pushed down my throat when I was yep. struggling all of those years ago. And there are better solutions natural solutions that work in harmony with your body versus against the natural physiology of your body. Absolutely. And I love that because we both work very similarly with our clients and have similar uh, methodologies and practice, even, you know, our credentials are different, but um, I think both of, both of our modalities kind of our drive for mm -hmm. creating a process for people was really birthed out of your own pain, you know, and yeah. our own experience of feeling very frustrated with the medical system and feeling very, um, not listened to. And like, why are the pieces of this puzzle not making sense? Um, so do you want to share a little bit about, I know we didn't, I didn't actually ask this before. <laughs> do you want to share a little bit, just, um, maybe a few minutes on what that struggle was like yeah. for you and what kind of pushed you into what you're doing now? Yeah, for sure. Um, a bit about my history. So I actually was on hormonal birth control for about 12 years before I had my first daughter. Um, I didn't know then what I know now. I was 17 at the time when my doctor gave me the birth control pill, wrote me that prescription. And looking back, it is astounding to me that she never made the connection to my genetic predisposition to things like autoimmunity to cancers, mm -hmm. to cardiovascular disease, which the pill ultimately increases the risk factors for. Right. So it just blows my mind that those connections were never connected. Right. And I was on hormonal birth control for 12 years, really oblivious to all of that. So I had my first daughter. Um, I should also mention af after I stopped taking the pill, it took me almost a year for my period to actually return. Wow. Um, another red it, flag, right? Big time, big time. Mm -hmm. um, and then when it did, it was a six week cycle, six weeks to the day. Oh. So every 42 days I was having a period. Um, and at the time I was like, okay, well, this kind of sucks because I want to have a baby. So this is just kind of reducing the opportunity for me 
to get pregnant. Right. That's all that was in my mind at the time. Right. Um, at that point in my life, I was working in a corporate job. So this, what I'm doing now is my second career, which was born out of my experience after mm-hmm. I had my first daughter. Yep. So after my daughter was born, I thankfully didn't struggle to get pregnant aside from the fact, from the fact that my cycles were, you know, six weeks instead of four. Right. Um, I didn't really struggle getting pregnant, but after she was born, um, that's when I really started to notice struggling with. And I think it was because it was really the first time in my life that I wasn't on hormonal birth control, that I wasn't pregnant, that I wasn't breastfeeding. And that's when things really, for me, started to magnify my moods were wow. Out of this world. The best way that I can (laughs) describe it was I felt like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yep. That's how I talk about it. I was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I was anxious all of the time, but most especially in my luteal phase, that two weeks before my period, it just like kicked up 10 notches. Mm-hmm. Um, I was struggling with insomnia. I was just overwhelmed, stressed out the whole nine, um, my periods themselves. Um, this was the, the first time that I started to experience really hardcore period problems. Okay. Um, for me started at ovulation with a week of pain, like stabbing pelvic pain for an mm-hmm. entire week when I ovulated. Wow. Then the PMS, the Dr. Jekyll, the Mr. Hyde, the anxiety, the overwhelm, the stress, then my period and my period was about 10 days. Wow. It was heavy. So about three to four of those days, I was doubling up on tampons and pads, checking every hour to two hours, making sure I wasn't leaking. And on the times that I remember once working a part-time job in a law firm, I leaked through on the way to work and I had to tie a blazer around my waist. It was the most embarrassed and mortified I think I've ever been in my life. And, um, so that, and that, that was kind of my period. So I, I, when all was said and done, I realized that I maybe had one good week out of the month. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started going to my doctor and pressuring my doctor. This isn't right. This doesn't feel right. I right. feel like there's a, like a bowling ball in my pelvis when I'm mm-hmm. ovulating and it hurts and it's heavy and it's pressure and it's like right. awfully intense. And there's, there's gotta be something wrong. What's wrong? Like do something. And the answers that I always got were you're Mm -hmm. fine. It's just normal. I can give you the birth control pill, or I can give you Tylenol threes. And I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to do the birth control. I just had a daughter. I might want to have another kid. Like, I don't want to do birth control again. Um, and I, I kept going back and begging her and begging her, run some tests, do something like refer me to a specialist, help right. me. Um, right. And then she finally did refer me to an OB. And in the interim, I learned from my mom that she had endometriosis. Oh, okay. And that's when the light bulb started going off for me. Like, oh my God. So I started researching and that's actually when I started shifting my career. Mm-hmm. Um, And I left the corporate world, went back to school to really focus in on holistic nutrition, to understand Mm -hmm. the body physiology, to really understand how everything works and how to approach health more naturally versus throwing synthetic chemicals and hormones and stuff. Right. Um, finally got in with my OB and I was excited because I thought I'm going to get answers. And they answer is, I'm finally going to find out what's going on and they're going to help me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
And I remember sitting there, I'll never forget. And every time I tell this story, just, it, I feel like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I, it was like that cold, hard metal table mm-hmm. with like the flimsy little paper sheet on it. And I was wearing like those flimsy little papery gowns that right. they have you wear. And I was sitting yeah. there like trying to like, like hold it together as much as I could. Cause it's a very vulnerable totally. position to be in. Right. Yep. And the OB comes in, doesn't even look at me. She's looking at her computer screen, reading the notes that my family doctor had sent over for her. Didn't ask me any questions. She did a super quick internal exam. And then she said, yeah, I mean, it kind of lines up with endo. So here, take the pill. And I was like, I don't, but that's not what I want. Like I, I I don't want to have be put on birth control. I don't want to have these synthetic hormones in my body anymore. I had done a lot of research in that time and understood now what that was doing to my body, all of the risk factors, the long-term health consequences. And I didn't want to go that route anymore. Yep. And she looked me in the eye and she said to me, this was like the most pivotal moment in my career. And she said to me, that's our first course of action. If you're not going to take it, I can't help you. Wow. Well, at least she was honest. I mean, (laughs) at least she didn't string you along, but I I was like, my mind was blown. Like I, I was so excited because I thought I was finally going to get answers and all she still had for me was birth control. And that for me was the pivotal moment that directed me to where I am now, because that led me on the path of discovery of research of learning of practicing and implementing on myself first, always, and really uncovering the root causes, because it's not just a hormonal issue. There are deeper physiological issues that are involved. And that really was the pivotal moment that got me to where I am today. Wow. It sounds very, very similar to my story. I'm like, and I know so many, so many of the women that I talked to, and even at our masterclass last night, where we were talking about there, I mean, it's the same conversation is happening in doctor's offices. And I'm just Mm. like, I'm still blown away that after all of this time, 10 years for me, I don't know how many years for you, but where I'm like, and it's still like, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Right. Because there's such still a huge gap in women's healthcare um, when it comes to addressing hormones. So today we're actually going to be talking about the impact that our gut health has on our moods and what that mm-hmm. connection is. Because I know for me, it's, it's a huge part of the happy hormones process. It's mm-hmm. um, an extremely pivotal part of healing um, the gut brain connection. And um, I know that that's the same for you with your clients as well. So mm-hmm. let's just dive right in. How does gut health impact our mood? What's the connection? Oh my gosh. So many different ways. (laughs) It honestly, you know, it it seems a little bit cliched, but it it really is true. All health begins in the gut. Like if, if we're talking specifically about moods, um, you know, one of the things you mentioned was the gut brain connection, right. Mm -hmm. And there's so much emerging research coming out about that connection. And, you know, I think you know, the best way to sort of, to sort of open that up is I think everybody sort of has this understanding of like your second brain, right. Or that gut feeling like Mm -hmm. you have that gut feeling, right. And we've really discovered, I shouldn't say we, but researchers, scientists have discovered that we, we do essentially have like a second brain, our gut microbiome acts as a second brain communicating with the brain up here in the head. Now, the interesting thing is 
that for many years, it was assumed that the communication went downwards, that the brain communicates downwards to the gut. But what research is really uncovering is that it's actually the reverse. 90% of the communication is from your gut up to your brain. Isn't that amazing? It's incredible. Yeah. So right there, you know, when we think about, you know, mood issues or disorders, or even hormonal mood fluctuations, like the anxiety, depression, um, emotional volatility that, you know, when you suddenly get like a little bit of rage for no apparent reason, um, reason. right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's, it's actually, you know, we, we, we think that it's all in our head, right. Right. It's actually not, it's, it's our gut. Yeah. Right. And it's the gut communicating upwards. Right. So that's, that's one big area. And I think, you know, another is when we think about some of the, the hormones, even the neurotransmitters that are responsible for our moods. So if we think of serotonin, for example, dopamine, GABA, like serotonin is kind of like that feel good, happy neurotransmitter. And GABA is like that calming, um, you know, anti-anxiety sort of neurotransmitter. They're produced in the gut. They're synthesized by the good beneficial bacteria in our gut. Exactly. So really the gut is so unbelievably responsible for the way that we feel for our moods much more so than our brain as we have been taught. Exactly. Well, and this is, I, I feel like we could break this down into 10, like separate segments because there's so many things, (laughs) so many things (laughs) that we just about the gut brain connection in and of itself. But we think about it, like a woman goes into her doctor and she's like, I'm having really bad mood swings. I feel super low. Um, some women even express feeling suicidal or having suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. that they do not normally have throughout the month, um, that are not triggered by anything outside. It's just all of a sudden, everything feels dark and heavy and blue. They go to the doctor and they are prescribed an antidepressant, um, or an anti-anxiety medication or something in that class of medication. And then, um, that's not the real issue that's addressing kind of the surface level symptom that's being expressed Mm -hmm. because like we talked about those gut, uh, the neurotransmitters are made in the gut. We get on antidepressants, which have an impact on our liver and the intestinal lining Mm -hmm. and the ability for our neurotransmitters. I kind of think of it as they kind of get sticky almost like they lose their ability over time. And then three to six months later, they're like, okay, I'm still having anxiety or depression that's now breakthrough, like through my cycle. And it's all because that we were never addressing that root issue to begin with. I know I was not able to go off of antidepressants that were prescribed for my mood swings until I addressed the gut health issues Mm -hmm. because I'd been on chronic antibiotics literally from the time I was probably like eight or nine months old for ear infections and strep throat. And yeah. I don't even know. And then I had acne, of course, because my gut mm-hmm. was super not healthy. <laughs> yeah. And so then they put me on antibiotics for my acne. And then they put me on Accutane for my acne, which oh, like destroyed my there. liver. <laughs> yeah. I was the poster child for hot mess hormone issues. Like I had it all. Trust me. I had night sweats, hot flashes, insomnia, all the things. Mm-hmm. And all of it, not all of it, 90% of it was because my gut was super unhealthy. Yeah. And so- So if we look at that, the, the, 
the spectrum of mood issues, right? Where it may start out as a little bit of irritability around ovulation Mm -hmm. and you're probably not even noticing it because I know for me, I wasn't really tracking my symptoms. I just thought, gosh, I just totally blew up at my husband for, cause he left the <laughs> doors open. And I didn't realize because oh, I was ovulating and I probably wouldn't have done that if I wasn't having this, you know, shift in my hormones. And then it transfers to, you know, three days of irritability before your cycle. And then it's five mm-hmm. days of irritability and then it's rage and then it's a deep depression. So mm-hmm. it's like, there are these symptoms that we have not been trained. You and I are training people, but yep. we have not been trained <laughs> to pay yep. attention to those, um, those little red flags that mm-hmm. start letting us know that something is off. So do you want to share a little bit mm-hmm. about what some of those symptoms are that you're kind of teaching your clients mm-hmm. to pay attention to or track? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's so interesting because if, so if we're talking moods, for example, um, there's always going to be, so if we, if we think when your period starts, that's, it tends to be when your hormones are at their lowest, like they're, yeah. that's natural, right? So you're mm-hmm. going to be a little low on the energy side. You're probably yep. not going to feel all that fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's kind of normal, but we shouldn't be feeling. And, and then maybe it becomes like this gradual progression of, okay, well, I'm a, I'm a little bit more fatigued today. I'm just going to take a day to rest cool. But then it starts to spiral into, I can't get out of bed Mm -hmm. for a day. Now I can't get out of bed for two days. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes, well, now I'm just like, I'm I'm hitting the snooze button like 10 times and I'm dragging my butt out of bed. And, um, I actually have seen women and I've spoken to women who have gotten to the point where they actually have stopped working because they have so flatlined. Their energy is so depleted. Their moods are so erratic. They just become completely different people and they can't get a grasp on their life. Right. Right. So it, it, it may seem like if we're talking about these like little red flag symptoms, it's like, you know, it, again, it's, I typically see it in the two week sort of time frame before a period. Um, and it's, it's sort of like, it starts with a bit of irritability, right? Right. It starts with a, you know, I'll give an example. Um, the, this was one of, um, my experiences years ago. Um, I was making breakfast for my daughter and she was two at the time. Um, and she came in and she said, what, what's for breakfast, mommy? And I was just, it it was in that phase and it just set me off like the simplest question from a two-year-old and it set me off and I screamed at her Mm -hmm. and I, and then I was like, Whoa, (laughs) what What was was that? that? Yeah. Who was that? Right. Um, but it's, it's these little red flag moments. Like it was a simple question. Why did I respond in that way? Right. But then it became irritability all the time and anxiety all the time. And it, it just, it became all encompassing. Right. Right. And one thing that I, that I find in the women that I talk to is it becomes a progression, right? They, Mm -hmm. we haven't been taught, as you've said, as women, we haven't been taught to listen to our bodies because right. all of these symptoms, the acne, mm-hmm. right? The acne, the bloating, the irritability, mm-hmm. the, um, the anxiety, the depression, the, all of the symptoms, right? The right. pain, like all of it. We haven't been taught that that is just our body's way of communicating to us. It's sending mm-hmm. us these little signals like, Hey, 
it, it's like knocking on the door. Hey, some, something's up. Can, right. can, can you let me in and, and help listen, me? Out, listen, right? like, listen, listen to me. That. Right. Totally. We haven't been taught that. I remember when that, when I was going, when I was in the thick of it, I remember thinking, what is wrong with my body? Why yep. can't my body just work? <laughs> right. And I was so angry with my body and, you know, in, in, in actuality, I just wasn't listening. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't understand that my body was actually trying to help me. Right. And well, so and it says, doesn't help that we've been conditioned then yeah. also when we go to the doctor, when they say, Oh, mm-hmm. I can't help you or, Oh, that's normal. Or, or your whole, yeah. your whole family has, has a history of endometriosis yeah. or period. So that's just genetic. So it's like, we have this double-sided conditioning yeah. that has prevented us from actually being able to say, I should be listening Mm-hmm. my body. Does that make sense? Like Absolutely. I didn't, I didn't listen until I was having panic attacks. I was losing weight. I lost my milk supply, like mm-hmm. big, big issues. So yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you with that, but I want no. to, cause I know that's a big part of the problem that I'm seeing I agree. Um, with that. So continue. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. We've been conditioned to believe that it's normal, mm-hmm. that it is just something to be expected. I mean, if you look even on social media and I will, I will be the first to admit that I used to post these memes and I don't anymore because I realized how damaging they were, but you think about, and I, I remember there's one in particular, it's Kermit sitting in front of a mirror and mm-hmm. the caption is me when I'm PMSing and I feel bloated and I've got the cravings and I'm irritable and all of the things. Right. right. And I used to use those memes. And then I, I started to realize that I was actually contributing to the problem yep. because it normalizes it. Right. Yep. And a hundred percent. You know, I, when I went to my doctors, it was, oh, you're just genetically predisposed. Yeah. So too bad. So sad. It's the cards that you've been dealt, right? Suck it up. Yep. Right. Or it's just normal. But yep. I, those literally were the messages that I got my entire life, right. Both right. from my, my family, like my mom, my grandmother, and also right. my medical team, right. It's normal. Exactly. Just deal, deal with, with it. it. Yep. Yeah. So we don't know, like we, we, as women, we don't know any other way. We're not taught any other way. Exactly. Which is why we're doing, you know, why we are so vocal about like these issues that you don't have to feel this way. And, um, and teaching women how to pay attention to those signs and what things specifically to look for. So Mm -hmm. when you are, let's say, you know, you're talking to somebody who may or may not end up working with you or just in conversation, what are some things that you look for when you're having a conversation with somebody that lets you know, like, you know what, we're really dealing with, um, a gut issue, like, Mm -hmm. and we really need to, to pay attention to that. So I think it would be helpful, um, to share, like, what are some of those symptoms that you see that are like, okay, we really need to start paying attention to this for sure. So definitely any time that I'm working with a woman or even talking with a woman, whether or not she decides to come and work with me, mm-hmm. if she's telling me that she's struggling with mood issues, anxiety, irritability, depression, whether that is connected if she's made, because oftentimes they haven't necessarily always made that connection to their cycle. Sometimes they have, sometimes they haven't anything to do with mood. I'm immediately thinking about the gut other things that they'll tell me. I mean, there's the obvious digestive stuff, right? Like they've got indigestion. Bloating is a big one that I hear a lot. Um, constipation, diarrhea, heartburn, 
gassiness, those types of things. Like those are sort of like the more obvious digestive issues, even things like headaches, headaches, migraines, joint pain, Mm -hmm. muscle stiffness. Um, because it's, it's again, going back to sort of what I said earlier, it sounds cliched, but all health begins in the gut. Right. right? Yep. But those are definitely some of those symptoms outside of like the period stuff (laughs) that I really start thinking deeply about, okay, we, we gotta, we gotta look at what's happening in your gut. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then starting to peel back those layers and look at what are the things that are influencing Mm -hmm. your gut health? Because for every woman, those facets or those factors are going to be a little bit different. Like, um, we all have stress, right. But how you process your stress Mm -hmm. is going to impact, you know, you can be taking the best probiotics in the world, but if you're not getting good sleep (laughs) and you're not addressing your stress, you're going to get a partial like result. So that's where we start. And I know it's the same for you too, where it's not just looking at, okay, they need to have more beneficial bacteria in their gut. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, what is, are there inflammatory factors in their diet? Um, are there emotional inflammatory factors like Mm -hmm. chronic stress or, um, you know, I would call them uh, trapped emotions sounds kind of weird, but, Mm -hmm. um, unprocessed emotion having huge impact on the gut. So, um, so, um, yeah. So with that, those, those symptoms are kind of the, I find at least in the women that I talk to are the most ignored. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times they've been having these symptoms for a really, really, really long time. And it's not until they start to have, you know, painful periods or like, I just almost divorced my husband Mm -hmm. (laughs) before my period, because I was mad that he didn't do the dishes that it's like, something they're not, That's they're not, not okay. it <laughs> until it gets to that yeah. point. And so, but really there are so many other micro symptoms, yeah. uh, within that, that let us know this has been a longstanding problem. Mm-hmm. And, and at the same time, I don't know if this is true for you, but once we start working on that gut brain connection, the healing that happens rapidly oh, incredible yeah. is what blows my mind. Like yeah. it does not, yeah. have, it took me like three or four years, I would say to where I felt like my hormones were in a really good place. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a process, you know, I didn't have like a step-by-step plan. It was kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we have that process in place where it's like step-by-step, we are peeling back the layers, um, seeing how quickly the body wants to heal mm-hmm. and how quickly women start feeling better is just, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you're, um, when you are, so we talked a little bit about like the symptoms of an unhealthy gut. Um, I know that a lot of women I talk to it, and part of this just has to do with the information that's out there that can be really confusing. They feel really frustrated because it's like, okay, but I, I eat clean. I, you know, I exercise every day and my mood mm-hmm. is still in the toilet. So what do you typically say about mm-hmm. that? Because for me, we have a very specific approach to like how we address nutrition. Um, and I think it's the same for you. So how do you kind Mm -hmm. of approach that topic and that frustration? Because I remember feeling that way too. 
Mm-hmm. Totally. So, and it's, it's interesting. Cause I hear that too. Like, well, I already eat clean, so I don't know what else to do. Or yeah. the other one I get a lot too, especially when I'm talking about the gut is, well, I've taken a probiotic and mm-hmm. then I'll either get the, it didn't help me or it made me feel worse. Yep. Right. 100%. Um, so I hear that a lot. So when, when it comes to, well, I already eat clean. So why don't I feel better? Mm-hmm. A clean diet absolutely is foundational, Yeah, but you could be eating the most plentiful nutrient dense, clean diet that's available out there. By the way, I don't subscribe to any one particular diet per se. Yeah. Um, it's just about eating real whole foods in yep. my books. Yep you could be eating the best possible diet, but if your digestive system, if the terrain in your gut is inflamed, if there is, for example, an overgrowth of pathogenic organisms, if the intestinal microvilli, I'm getting a little bit technical now, but those little finger like projections in your intestines, if they're Mm -hmm. damaged, they're not going to be able to absorb any of those nutrients. And those are the foundational building blocks for our neurotransmitters, for our hormones. Right. So it really goes beyond just thinking about eating clean. Now that's not to say that eating clean isn't important. It It absolutely is. It's the foundation because you can't heal your gut if you're eating all of the processed, prepared, packaged and fried stuff, right? It's Franken foods. Um, So you have to be eating clean, but there's more to it than that. You know, we've got to look at what is the condition of your microbiome, the bacteria that reside in your gut? What is the condition of that bacteria? Is there damage to the mucosal lining? Right. Is there inflammation? Are you actually absorbing? Are you breaking down? Is there enough enzymatic activity to break down the foods that you're eating to be able to absorb it? So exactly. It's more than just the food and it's more than just the probiotic, right? hundred percent. It might not be a probiotic issue. (laughs) Exactly. And then this is where working with a practitioner that understands this stuff can be really helpful because Mm. I've had, I can't even tell you so many women who have been like, I started a probiotic and I ended up having diarrhea or I started a probiotic and I ended up having constipation. And typically that has to do with the quality and the strains and like all of, all of the facets of that particular probiotic, but also, um, what it can indicate is some of those other underlying factors of why is your body having a hard time with beneficial bacteria, mm-hmm. because there can be a lot of different reasons for that. And mm-hmm. so, um, for us, for me in particular, um, obviously like gut testing is awesome, but also we can tell that pretty easily by oh, symptoms. Yeah. like, how are they responding to dietary changes? How are they responding to stress management, which I hate that term because (laughs) it's true, but I'm like, there's gotta be a better way to say this because I, I don't want to manage my stress. I want to process it appropriately um, in a way that doesn't harm my physiology. So I don't know. I'll come up with a fancy term, but just to clarify, I hate that term. I Um, do believe me. Yeah. So with that though, it's like, we're taking that information, those foundation of clean eating is great. Everybody needs to eat clean. Everybody should have pesticide free food. Everybody should be getting as much organic material as they, as is physically an option for them. However, that that's the foundation, but to actually target 
the root causes and target our hormone health and our moods, that takes a very specific approach. Mm-hmm. And it really does tr- take a trained eye to be able to say, I'm watching you. I'm looking over your shoulder as you move through this process. And I want to make sure that you are responding yeah. because if you're not, that doesn't mean we've hit a dead end. It means that we need to change our approach. Yes. And, um, for me, at least I've seen, um, and you probably have a similar thing where there's a lot of mistrust with the medical community and a lot of mm-hmm. mistrust of themselves. And so a lot of this process of working with a coach myself or somebody like Stephanie is actually learning to trust yourself again. Yeah. And it's, it's learning to trust you as the practitioner to say, Hey, I'm with you on this. Like mm-hmm. we're going to figure this out. You have not hit a dead end. Mm-hmm. It just means there's something else going on here that we need to look at. Is it Mm -hmm. a brain issue? Is it an inflammation issue? Is it like literally, you know, a restoring the lining issue? Um, So I love that you tackled that because that um, it's a big missing piece. And this is where I might irritate some people a little bit. So I apologize in advance, (laughs) but this is where I get really frustrated at the, the over supplementing that happens Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of issues that happen in this phase of healing that we're throwing, people are throwing supplements at, and it makes it worse. Yep. And so I get really frustrated with that because I'm like, Oh, that's part of the problem. Just, just stop. Peel back the layers and figure out what's going on. So I love that you, um, that you look into all of that stuff when you're working with somebody and really want to make sure, you know, are they responding? If they're not responding, then why? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean we've hit a dead end. It just means that we need to figure out yep. what, what some of the pieces are and how we can address that issue. So exactly. So it's a, it's complicated, but the body wants to heal. And so it absolutely love- does. Yep. And the gut healing phase is probably one of my most favorite because that's where we tend to see the most shifts happen in mm-hmm. mood and energy and libido and all of that stuff. So big time. Yeah. So I know that we have talked a lot about <laughs> the gut. Do you have any, like any parting words, any encouragement that you would like to give for mm. women who are maybe, you know, standing in the position that you were at where you're like, my life is kind of falling apart here in the hormone department. What would you say to, um, to those women who are watching? You know, I, I think one of the, one of the themes that I come back to often is we, as women, as a society, even we need to take back ownership and control over our own health. I think we've given up that power a lot to our medical team. I know I did, and I don't want to, you know, paste a big blanket statement that everybody's done this, but And I know I did, I trusted blindly, whatever my doctor told me for years. Right. Um, that's the environment that I grew up in. That was the society I grew up in, you know? And I think, I think that that was very damaging on Mm -hmm. my, on my body, on my physiology, on my health. And when I started to ask the questions and when I started to question the methodology and the old way of doing things, which largely, largely was to take synthetic hormones, birth control, have a surgery, ablation, a hysterectomy, when I started to ask those questions and I started to dig deeper and understand that there's another way, there's another approach. It actually allowed me to take my power back. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something so powerful about that 
when right. you can really take ownership and control of your health, of your, right. I hate to say destiny, but it is though. It, it yeah. is, you know, you, you have control over what happens in your body and with right. your body and ultimately comes down to a choice. Yep. Absolutely. How do you want to feel <laughs> and how do you want to get there? And and I think that you saying that, and I feel like I repeat it all the time, but it's because we need that constant reminder to undo like some of the, yes. like I said, the conditioning that's happened where it's like, no, I can feel better. And I'm going to take the reins back on this. It doesn't mean I have to do it myself, but it just means that I am going to say, I'm not tolerating this anymore. And I'm going to pursue something that's better. And yeah. I love the way that you, um, you know, you inspire so many women to do that and take charge of their health and lead the charge. And then them getting, you know, their hormones back to where they can be a present mom and be a present wife and, you know, whatever other realms that they are operating in to do it well and to feel their best. And so I just want to thank you so much. I feel like I could pick your brain for hours. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. This was so fun to have you on here and just explain that kind of the piece of gut health that, um, it's really easy to get confused with all of the information yeah. out there. So I love the way that you shared about that. And thank you so much for your time today. My and pleasure. Your expertise. And I'm sure we'll ha be having you back in here at some point in the near future. Um, but I hope you have a great rest of your day and thank we you. will be in touch. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks thank for having me. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Bye, Bye for now.